Howdy, partners. You're listening to Conversations with Jacob, hosted by my good friend, Jacob Waller. Make sure to check out the podcast where podcasts are available and check out the video version on YouTube. You can follow us on social media. Facebook is Conversations with Jacob. Twitter is at CWJ Podcast. And you can visit our website, conversationswithjacobpodcast.weebly.com. Hey, you got a show idea? Maybe a guest suggestion? Email us at conversationswithjacob at gmail.com. Now, here's your host, Jacob Waller. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Conversations with Jacob. Today, I got a great guest with us today. It's Chris Meyer from Fox Sports. Uh, Of course, when Chris does shows like NASCAR, he does the NFL and baseball, and he even does a dog show. So let's welcome to the podcast, Chris Myers. Well, thanks for having me on, Jacob. It's a pleasure. Hope you're doing well. Well, yeah, you know, same to you. Um, Well, I guess to get this podcast started... Can you tell us how you get into broadcasting? Well, I was a young kid in, from a big family in Miami, South Florida, North Miami, technically, and uh, was in between homework, listening to the radio and listening to sports talk, you know, where people call in and local. It was a, it was a local Miami radio show uh, called Sportsline, a couple hours a night. But we had a national flavor to it. You know, there were a lot of people from different parts of of the country, uh, New York, Boston, Cleveland, and, and uh, they'd call and talk about their teams in all sports and really was listening to that. I was a fan of, of interviews and radio anyway as a kid, uh, but then I called in, and, and uh, it's funny, I heard on your intro, uh, I was a big John Wayne fan, influencer, my dad, a fan uh, of his acting work. But anyway, I called in from Chris from you know Miami, and then I would call back and just try to disguise my voice as Duke from North Miami. And it was kind of a John Wayne sounding grumbling voice. So it wouldn't sound the same. And I would get on the air more often. And so that happened over a period of time. And they had fan night. They invited me down to the radio station. I didn't even have my license yet. My father had to drive me down. And uh, then they see this. I said, I'd tell them I was, you know, the same guy, uh, same kid, really at the time I was 15. And, and so I worked behind the scenes on weekends, still in high school, and then got my license and then filled in on the radio uh, while I was actually still in high school, uh, part-time, of course, and then got into some college to help get into television. But that's really how, how, it, how it began. And I just always enjoyed talking to people, hearing people talk about sports, uh, athletes, uh, you know, what, what made them tick. And, and it kind of grew from, from that, uh, which was an interesting beginning. So I've always kind of, you know, I started, helped branch out into Fox Sports Radio when they began ESPN Radio, started that with Mike Tirico, uh, and of course, through the TV years, but always have had a kind of a fascination and an enjoyment for radio as well. Uh, but then, of course, television sports exploded through the years after after ESPN and, and, and now with Fox. And, and so it's uh, an interesting beginning, but, but you never forget your forget your roots. Now, did you ever think that you would be broadcasting or uh, did you have like another dream drop uh, like growing up? Yeah, well, no, I, I, I kind of just followed the path of, you know, I, I knew I wanted to do more of this, meaning more of uh, media. And, and, and so the next step from radio, at least to transition, was to get on television and get, you know, locally on TV in, in, in Miami, which was, again, a fortunate 
a fortunate break there. And then as a reporter, and then go, go to New Orleans uh, TV there and then and then ESPN spotted me. So it was kind of a, a growing uh, constantly. What else can I can I do and expand in, in this area and learn along the way? So um, uh, kind of a natural uh, progressive and then got into, you know, from from hosting shows to interviews to reporting on games to uh, doing play by play. And, and so there, as the industry grew, you know, other channels and now every sport has its own channel. It wasn't just ESPN, the only game in town and the competition, obviously from, from Fox and others. Uh, and then social media, uh, certainly along with the, the continuance of radio and the expansion of, of uh, you know, XM serious radio. So all, all of those options, uh, there, there were just constantly things going on to do. And it, it was kind of a natural progression, I guess. So uh, when did you start uh, working for NASCAR? That started, and I, I did some ESPN interviews uh, with uh, NASCAR drivers when I was hosting Up Close after Roy Firestone in the late 90s. My brothers are both, I have an older and a younger brother, they were big car guys growing up, whether it was uh, you know, dragsters or drag races or NASCAR or whatever, uh, but I was more into football, baseball as a kid. But when Fox got the rights to NASCAR, um, the very first Daytona 500 that they broadcast in 2001 and that portion of the season, Daryl Waltrip was, was our analyst, uh, Jeff Hammond, the former crew chief, Larry McReynolds, part of that as well. So we were assembling a kind of a group and I, 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 you know, they hired me, I think in that role to be the guy who is a broadcaster and the guy who asked the right questions. But I, I said, I, I, you know, I'm not a gearhead. I mean, I enjoy the competition, the strategy, and I, I know the drivers and the sport, but they said, we don't want that. You know, we want from our host, we want somebody, you got to know what's going on, but we let, let the analyst and, and the former crew chief and the former driver and pit reporters, they'll, they'll bring the information and you ask the questions so that we can bring more fans into the sport. You know, it was thought of as a regional sport. Uh, and then Fox helped. I got to give the network credit because they, uh, on a big network expanding uh, the coverage along with those in NASCAR going to different tracks. We wanted to expose more people to it, invite them into the, into the tent, so to speak. And even if you weren't a car guy or a gearhead, uh, you can appreciate uh, the strategy of the drivers, the, uh, the kind of involvement, the risk reward, the uniqueness of this, you know, this once a week big event kind of racing. So that was really my first. Uh, and that was the, of course, the, the tragic, uh, Daytona 500 with the loss of, of Dale Earnhardt, which changed the sport in, in a number of ways, but also in ways of making it safer. And, and here it is, you know, 20 plus years later and, and Fox continuing on the coverage and at least in the first half of, of the NASCAR season and having the great American race, uh, you know, the, the, the prize of it all. And uh, it really has been, no pun intended, a, a very enjoyable ride. <laughs> Now, I've talked to Derek Cope and John Roberts, you know, that works in NASCAR. Yep. Uh, they told me some stories about how uh, Dale Earnhardt. Do you got a story? Well, the only story, I mean, I had interviewed him before in a different format and had talked to him the week before that Daytona 500. And and he had kind of this this aura about him, I, not only as a driver, you know, they called him the intimidator. He was aggressive and and he had such a great fan a fan following and and support. I liked his his kind of uh, low key bravado confidence, uh, and and yet he was not uh, in person away from the wheel or the track. Uh, he, he he was he was a, a regular guy, a kind of a warm 
easygoing guy, man of few words and, uh, you know, like to have fun, but, but a simple guy. And I mean that in a good way and, and knew what he wanted to do and, 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 and do it well. I mean, that, that struck me uh, about him and having talked to him uh, before that Daytona 500, I just, you know, there was a line in there about how things were looking good. You know, I mean, he finally won his Daytona 500 and obviously the Dale Earnhardt incorporated DEI, the, the car that Michael Walter ended up winning. And, you know, it was kind of, you know, he was helping, you know, especially in the, the 500, it's, you know, it's teamwork, it's pushing and that kind of thing. And, and really helping to set that up. Uh, and, and then the unfortunate accident. So uh, the, the, it, it's still shocking to think that that was, you know, our first as a, as a Fox broadcast and, and my first experience at, at a, a Daytona 500 with, uh, and the last with with Dale Earnhardt. Um, but since, you know, having done this work with people like Jeff Gordon was in the broadcast booth with Clint Boyer and Kevin Harvick now, uh, you know, with Fox, a uh, number of other different analysts. Tony Stewart has stepped in uh, great champions of the sport that uh, we've been able to to appreciate. And uh, they certainly have uh, filled me in on some of the great Earnhardt stories, uh, especially Jeff Gordon, uh, who, you know, was kind of the rival uh, of Earnhardt. He learned a lot from going against against Earnhardt and Earnhardt helped him even when he got booed you know he's like hey that, that means you're making a difference somehow uh you know if, if people are even rooting against you so um uh, it, it, it was a life-changing moment for those fans of Earnhardt and of, of the sport and still you know as years go by uh we connect so much to uh, the late great Dale Earnhardt now with now with you being uh if you working for NASCAR how much preparation does it go into for every show? Yeah, quite a bit goes in. I mean, almost like a, like you'd prepare for a football game. Uh, the difference, you know, when we do football uh, as a play-by-play, you, you know, you have different teams every week with the Fox Network. But for my role on the on the pre-race show, uh, with especially we'll take let's say Daytona 500, we also have the Clash, which which starts the season uh, the last few years out out at the LA Coliseum, a creative idea by uh, by NASCAR. Um, it depends on what we want to focus on. In other words, is there a new car this year? Have certain drivers come into the sport, other drivers retired or elevated from, from a different series to come in. So uh, other than the strategy of the race, and so the, the preparation, I, I we connect that. We lean on our analysts and our crew chiefs to say, okay, this is what the buzz in the garage is. Uh, and then what, what are fans? Try to, you try to listen to them before a race. What are they are they talking about? Is, you know, they think this driver has been out of line. They think this driver driver is not living up to his his name uh, what's going on with with this particular brand of car uh you know is somebody bending the rules a little bit so there's a lot of that and we start you know with a conference call on tuesday and then we go over notes i have a researcher that helps me who's grown up in the sport uh who has helped his uncle actually helped with the scoring system so <clears throat> we we go over the certain information that we want to cover and then we try to fit it all in that's the hard part and we have a number of people that that, that we work into whether it's a half hour an hour pre-race show on, on fox or even when we do fs1 and so you got to figure okay the pit reporters are going to cover this our analysts you know will cover this it, it's my role to distribute and in the daytona 500 we have a little bit more time it's a much bigger pre-race show There's a lot more involved with driver introductions and that type of thing uh, so you have to sort all of that out so it, yeah, it's a few days of preparation, but the good news is unlike different teams every week, you pretty much know the same drivers 
uh, with the occasion of a couple of new guys coming in or out. Um, so you, you just try to build on what the drivers did previously or what you know about them in, in terms of personality. And then we always try at Fox to bring out something different about a driver that you may not know. This guy, you know, what his hobbies are away from. Does this guy play pickleball to loosen up? How does this guy relax before, uh, before a race? Yeah, th- those kinds of things that are kind of fun. Now, uh, now, do you got a favorite driver? Good question. I, you know, I grew up, it's funny. I, uh, I don't because I, in the business, you try just like a football team, you grow up rooting for certain people and you're, you're a fan. I grew up, you know, I kind of liked it. Dale Jarrett before he got into the, uh, you know, the actual calling of, of races. He was somebody we watched. I, I come from kind of what has been a Ford family and we used to have relatives in Ohio that were Chevy you know, our cousins were Chevy. And so we, you know, our brothers, we'd, we'd clash about best driver, best cars, that type of thing, uh, which is great to have those, those two manufacturers in the sport. Uh, but, but I certainly appreciate along the way personalities, even a, a current guy like a Brad Keselowski and a Denny Hamlin are kind of both very different there. You know, Denny hasn't won that championship yet, uh, but I, I like their, their personality and the more, and that's one thing I, I can say that Jacob having been around just like other athletes and other sports, a lot of the drivers are really, even a Tony Stewart who had this, tough exterior he's a really good guy underneath these are these are hard-working passionate guys about what they do and so uh even if they act a little out of line on the track uh you know you know that they're basically good guys uh, competitive and, and and trying to win so um yeah I, I don't mean to duck the question but but yes i i have to in today's day and age i root for good guys and there's a lot of good guys out there kind of thing but as as a broadcaster you're supposed to be impartial so that's a little bit of of, of my background but yeah even going back into the old days with Earnhardt and and, and daryl waltrip but you know rusty when i say old days rusty wallace that that era of drivers uh you know even a ricky rudd there were certain guys I just kind of liked watching them race and the way they race. So those are some names of guys that I rooted for before I actually got into working on the on the Fox NASCAR broadcast. Now, with the Daytona 500 coming up, uh, is there like a driver that we need to be on the lookout for to one that might uh, kind of dominate the season? Yeah, well, the season, you know, it's so different. I mean, I don't Ryan Blaney, I think, who won last year, you know, he finished strong. Remember, he, he didn't win a race the year before. And I like that, that, that it's not as predictable as in back in the Richard Petty when the King did dominate, which is why, you know, I didn't leave his name out on purpose. He was, he was almost so good. It's almost like, is anybody else going to be able to challenge him when you go back uh, this year? You know, we, we look at guys right away, like, a, you know, a champ or two-time champ like Kyle Busch, who's yet to win at the Daytona 500, you know, is he running out of chances? When, when will this be his, you know, his breakthrough? Uh, and, you know, and even a guy like Jimmy Johnson, who's retired from the sport you know, and has been the champ has won this race before, but he's going to be racing. He's not going to be in the same kind of car that he was in when he was with Hendrick Motorsports. So that's a name driver with a different kind of a, a different kind of a challenge. So, uh, yeah, I think those are the early kind of storylines that, that we'll be watching. And you always look at a defending champ of the sport. And Ryan Blaine is very good on these kinds of tracks uh, at, at, at a place like Daytona. He certainly has shown what we used to call him, you know, super speedway restrictor play tracks, however you want to reference it. Uh, so that could be a good story storyline to kind of look into as well. He got a favorite track that you like to go to. 
Oh, yeah. Well, I do. You know, it's funny. I was a, a, a diehard short track guy and then experienced a little more of, uh, you know, Talladega. It just wows me, at the you know, the craziness of the scene with it. But also it can be, you know, it's like a lot in life. You're riding along and everything's OK. And then all of a sudden, boom, bang, everything changes and who's going to survive it. And so I, I would put, you know, Talladega to the top. I know that there's been a demand. Uh, at least fans have said, and NASCAR has felt they want more short tracks, but the, the short track package, in other words, what, do they give enough horsepower? Well, we'll find out soon. You know, are they making the, the cars with enough horsepower where drivers would change the shape and the look of the new car, but the drivers want to still be able to have some speed on the short tracks. Uh, so there's more passing. Uh, but, and, and, and I think we've seen a few you know, daring to, to try to do a few more things with rovals and, you know, even the Chicago street race was kind of just thinking out loud of the variety of tracks um, and, and California will soon be a, a short track, what used to be the, the auto club speedway once that's completed. So, um, but, but I like those, I still enjoy that. You know, there's, there's the usual, the Martinsville and the, the Bristles and, and, and Richmond, but I would say Talladega at least in, uh, become more of a fan. And, and, and I would put that certainly, I would, I would start up there and then go with any short track. Now, how I've seen a lot of uh, people on Facebook make this same comment. They want to bring back The Rock. Uh, right. Do you think that NASCAR should do that? I don't know that they should. I think they'll consider it. And and it's good that the sport listens to the fans. I mean, that, that's a reason. And, and Dale Earnhardt Jr. pushed, you know, North Wilkesboro, right? Yeah. Going back, we, we had the all-star race there. And I, and I think this is not a disrespect to it to a track, but to an atmosphere the, the, the sports become uh, grand scale big time. And so you, you can go back to its roots and you never forget your roots and, and your fan base. Um, and, and the rock, you, you have to just like they had to do with North Wilkesboro. I mean, you, you need to have Wi-Fi in, 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 sta in stadiums and racetracks. You know, that's we, we, phones. It's a way to get in with tickets, security, whatever people can't live without. So you need to make sure you have those kinds, some other basic inroads, traffic flow, uh, and then you have to worry about what what the on track performance is. Maybe well, you know, the All Star Race at North Wilkesboro didn't quite live up to that, but I think they're working on that for next year uh, or for the next race there. So yeah, I would say uh, given you know they're going to race in Iowa, I think now on the schedule in the Cup Cup schedule more. Uh, so uh, why not? Uh, but make sure that you've I hate to say modernize, you've updated it without losing its charm. And and we've done that in other sports, uh, you know, whether it's a you know Wrigley Field or Fenway Park or you know, even if you go back to Camden Yards in Baltimore, they built that. They built it with kind of that old school style, and they've had to. They're they're now in a way of upgrading it. So I I think that's okay to do that. I I, I think if fans want that, we we should do that. But who pays for that? How it's covered, and then the attendance of getting in and out of out of the track is important. But yeah, we did some early races at at, at the Rock, and it was felt like going back in time a little bit. But the racing the racing was good there, at least back when we were doing races there. When did you become a uh, broadcasting for the NFL? That was just through covering one of the first interviews I did in radio was the great Don Shula, along with Muhammad Ali, the great fighter. They were in Miami and South Florida. And I, I, that was kind of my first love, uh, you know, watching football on, on TV, which really drew me into other sports like NASCAR, baseball, uh, and then have, have covered a number of, of different sports. So there was a chance as a reporter to do that. And then growing up in Miami, back at the time I was there, South Florida, 
networking. There was there was the University of Miami football, and then there was the Dolphins football. There there weren't you know they didn't have Major League Baseball and the NBA their own teams at the time. So that was kind of what we gravitated to. And when I was hired in New Orleans, the other local station, I did I started to cover that more and more, and that's what ESPN saw and and hired me as their really jimmy roberts and i were the first west coast or first reporters i should say that they ever had espn had the studio groups but he had the east coast with new york and they moved me out to the to the west coast to be the west coast reporter and so i was just kind of put in that position and through those years of espn growing i kind of grew with the nfl and had had contacts was there one of my early assignments for ESPN was uh, they said, you know, go this, this, they, they described it, this crazy oil guy from Arkansas is going to buy the Cowboys and, and fire the great Tom Landry. So go there and cover the story. I ended up spending a week there with, with Jerry Jones and then the hiring of Jimmy Johnson and then the drafting of Troy Aikman. So you go back through those Super Bowl years and have always been tied to the NFL in that regard. And after Fox got, they got, uh, baseball, they got the NFL, but then they got NASCAR and baseball. So it was an opportunity when I transitioned from after 10 years at ESPN to go to Fox uh, to do football, uh, primarily to do some football and baseball. And then when they got NASCAR, they said, hey, we want you in, in that spot as, as well. So, I, and I like, I got to be honest with you, I, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of a lot of sports, but I, I, I would get bored if I just covered one sport and then that was it. You know, I, so I, I like the idea of, of, and I like the different roles of, of hosting a NASCAR show, pre-race show or post or whatever, and, and doing interviews there or, you know, versus the NFL where I'm doing play by play. And then with baseball, I'm doing a studio show, which is kind of a highlight show with with, you know, analysts uh, talking about the, the games. And uh, so the, I like the variety of not only in the business, uh, but but the but the different sports that, that I'm covering because there is sometimes a connection or a crossover and that you use when you're interviewing players, athletes, coaches, uh, drivers, etc. So basically, I was in here all over the place. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what uh, when I'm home on a weekend, so my wife says, "What are, what are you doing here? Isn't there something you should be covering?" So, uh, but uh, I I like I do have time off. There's certain gaps, you know. Again, Fox doesn't cover the entire nascar season we just have that first portion and and we we are limited on some of the baseball and just like with the nfl now you know the nfl is spread out just like nascar really on on uh, with streaming services which is a good thing for for the sports to kind of branch out on other channels um so i i yeah i like staying staying busy because if i wasn't working at it i i probably you know obviously with my family and my own hobbies but I'd probably be be watching or try to go or, or talk to my friends about what's what's going on in, in those particular sports. Now with the Super Bowl coming up, uh, do you have any predictions? Wow. Well, uh, as we're talking now, there's a lot that can happen. I th- I'll tell you, when the year started, I, I predicted just what people asked. Uh, uh, I, I talked about a, a, a 49er Dolphin Super Bowl. Uh, I, I think I certainly Buffalo, I know they haven't played their best football, but but they could make a run. Uh, I know some people would like to see Dallas get there, uh, but those at least, so I'll stay with the early prediction, whether that carries out. It's looking good for the 49ers the way it started in their situation. Uh, the Dolphins have had some really big moments and then some other moments where they haven't been as, as sharp, but I like that it's been uh, an interesting and that there's so many teams involved and just getting into the playoffs, the, the extra format, the extra wild card spot. Um, so I, I think it'll be a good. Fox doesn't have this year's Super Bowl uh, in Las Vegas, but Fox will carry the next year's Super Bowl, which will be played in uh, in New Orleans. All right. Oh, so I'm going to ask you this question, which you may not have an answer, but I'll ask anyways. 
What is your thoughts on this whole Tater Swift thing appearing at you know at the football games? Yeah, well, yeah, I don't. You know, look, uh, we've we've had moments before where uh, famous, uh, where an athlete has been involved with a with a famous uh, celebrity. Well, you know, think go back historically, the Marilyn Monroe and Joe DiMaggio, right? You know, Mr. Coffee. If you want to go back uh, historically, and and there have been some others, not to the degree though where we are now, where the exposure is, is you know, the NFL ratings are through the roof. And Taylor Swift is a, is a terrific, I mean, she's an exceptional talent and, and businesswoman who's very successful and has such a following. And, and impressively, uh, whether they're you know, older women, younger women, guys, whatever, she's just she has that she has that it factor. Uh, so uh, I don't mind it. I, I, I think, you know, you can't ignore it. Uh, I just wouldn't I wouldn't belabor it. And I think after a while, both her and, 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 and Travis Kelsey are probably like, you know, this is nice. And the attention comes with the job. But we also have we want to do our jobs and we want to enjoy our, our time privately as, as well. Uh, but again, all the attention does help uh, sell more of her records and give uh, Travis Kelsey more attention to sell jerseys if he if he wants or for more people to become chief fans. That's a good question. Are there more chief fans or more Swifties out there? Swift, <laughs> yeah, Taylor Swift fans. Uh, I, I don't know. So uh, I'm not I'm not bothered by it. I, I wouldn't overdo it. I haven't called one of their guys. I covered the Chiefs in the Super Bowl when they uh, they won their first one uh, with Andy Reid and Mahomes when they beat the 49ers. I was on that that sideline. They were they were great to work with. Uh, and, and I think they know how to focus. Obviously, Taylor Swift wasn't a part of that. But if they get there again, my goodness, you put Taylor Swift on top of a Super Bowl with. Uh, with the Chiefs, uh, it, it, that that would be a, a story that I, <laughs> I, I think a lot of people will go crazy over. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and when did you get involved with baseball? I was uh, covering in Florida uh, when I was starting in radio and then local TV part-time. A lot of spring training there in Florida, which they don't have as much as they did back then. They've kind of split with Arizona. Arizona has an incredible number. So there I got to know players that were coming up with teams, some established veterans, and then also managers and people from around the league. And, and so I, I hadn't called a lot. I did some, some stuff with the Cubs uh, channel. Uh, I hadn't called a lot of play by play on baseball, but I've always, I did baseball tonight with Chris Berman back in the early years when they started that show as helped establish and put that show on the air. And then with the opportunity when Fox got baseball kind of transition. So I was more of a highlight interview follow the game a kind of baseball guy and, and again that's something that, that doesn't leave me i'm still a fan and if i get a chance to watch a game or go to a game I, I i do all right now this right here might be a question that you can't answer but uh do you got a favorite person that you like to work with well no it's, well, it's a good question and i i won't i'll just say some of the people that i have worked with Certainly in, in NASCAR, Jeff Gordon, Clint Boyer have been you know, are, are, are terrific. Uh, I mean, really, our NASCAR group's a, a close group going back to Daryl Waltrip and Larry McReynolds and, and Jeff Hammond, uh, our pit reporters, uh, really, really outstanding people. And some good people behind the scenes, too, that help to bring the audio and the pictures. And that goes for every sport, NFL, baseball. Dontrell Willis uh, on, on baseball is a blast to work with uh, in the studio. Uh, and then football, you know, I've worked with Troy Aikman a lot. Daryl Johnston is an analyst. Ronde Barber. Uh, was also someone that that I ha have uh, really enjoyed time with. So those are that kind of covers some of the people that I've been on the air with. Uh, and I, I hate to you know put anybody ahead of, of anybody else, but those were a few that, and not just working with them, that I got got to know a little better and hang out with a little bit. 
Well, uh, uh, since this is January first, uh, it's the you know it's the start of a new year. Do you get any uh, I guess new uh, plans for twenty twenty four? Something that you want to work towards or work on or? Yeah, well, I'm a big uh, and, and whether you call it a new year resolution, I do think it's important to and I still do this. And it's funny, I did this as a kid starting in radio, and I guess I learned this from school. I would put every first of the year it were it wasn't really a resolution it was more a list of things i wanted to kind of accomplish right you know the it probably 10 and, and some of them could be as simple as you know read this or get an a here or you know learn this subject or uh, what a, and then as i got through the years it was more like okay to work in a television to earn a certain amount of money I, you know i want to get uh, you know i had a, my goal set on a new car this type of particular car to to, to own a house you know the and the, you know some of it was hey lose 10 pounds or get better at golf or or you know improve my uh, my my temper you know uh, be more patient uh, those kinds of things. So, so some, and I, I think that some were long range goals, some were short term. So I still, I still do that. I keep, keep a note card. I mean, now it's, I can punch it into my phone and then I see at the end of the year, you know, and some of them it took a long time to get there to get those goals. Some I was able to accomplish. So when I get closer, I have given it a little thought where we're talking here, obviously I have to do it, in, you know, in the first part of the, of the year. And, and some of them are not just year goals. They're like long range, but you got to get started during during the year um so yeah I'll, I'll have some sometimes i'll share them sometimes i won't because because some people laugh and they go oh you'll never you know you'll never do that but i've been able to to at least accomplish a lot of the things that i had set out to do that were important to uh to me so i i think it's a good thing for people to do if they're realistic about it all right and where can people find you on the internet well i have a, a website chris myers M-Y-E-R-S, Chris Myers Sports, with an S, dot com, an S at the end. And that has a lot of uh, my old interviews on it and uh, conversations, some uh, type of, uh, there's a daily briefing of football info, and we put NASCAR notes during the season, some stats that are up there you have to look, and you can click that on. So that's one thing. And then there's uh, the underscore Chris Myers on, on X Twitter, or Twitter X, and then uh, Chris Myers Fox, uh, at, at Instagram, you know, and uh, Instagram's a whole new thing with a lot of pictures and, you know, I don't have a lot of time to post a lot of things, but when I have a chance, I do enjoy. And I, I really appreciate some of the people on social media that, that do things uh, like this, whether it's a clip of a podcast or some information, uh, that they, uh, are sending out about various things in sports. It's a nice way to follow things along with what we do in, in television and radio, et cetera. All right. Um, before I let you go, do you get any closing thoughts for the people that's listening? Well, no, just, I, you know, I, I appreciate the audience because uh, without the audience and, you know, we talk about ratings and I don't take that for granted. Uh, you know, first you get into the business for a lot of different reasons, but I have seen and met people that, that watch and whether they're angry with your call or annoyed that you didn't say this. I, I know they're there and they care. And that's why we're here doing the job. Uh, yeah, we're getting paid and, and we're fortunate to be in, in something like this that we enjoy. But the audience, uh, however they're there, uh, it, it's just good to know they're there. And, and, and whenever they give feedback, you know, we try to listen. We, we're, we're doing the best we can to bring you the best product uh, on the TV broadcast. And so I uh, appreciate that, that you are there and that you care. Uh, and especially, you know, to every sport, loyal fans, we get that. But 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 NASCAR from the beginning and I was new to that back in 2000, uh, have seen their loyalty through the, the, the good years and the lean years. And so I always I'll never lose sight of that. Uh, very grateful for that. All right, Chris. Oh, 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 oh.
which I want to thank you for coming on the podcast and talk about your uh, uh, your career, which I, you know, with me, you know, which I really enjoyed it, you know, which I learned a lot from you, and uh, can't wait to see you back on NASCAR. All right. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, we look forward to uh, the, the clash, and then the day, clash is the week before the Super Bowl, and then the week after, of course, is the Sunday, the Daytona 500. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. All right, uh, that's uh, that's a wrap for today's episode of Conversations with Jacob. Tune in next week for another interview. Until then, and we'll see you then.